Hey friend, welcome to Bible Tracked Echoes. I'm Mike McCurry, your host. Thank you so much for joining me once again today. I greatly appreciate your investment of time. I'm coming to you right now outside of the office. I'm bringing you good news from the road. I'm going to talk more about that in just a moment, but we're going to talk about first a gospel tract. I'm coming directly from my pocket, from my tractor wallet. I've got a gospel tract. I care about one of these. I try to. It's called Comfort in Time of Loss. In this gospel tract, we've seen it be a blessing to many folks struggling with the loss of a loved one. This gospel tract right here begins with this statement, you have lost a loved one. I know how you feel. Please accept this little tract as a token of sympathy. And then it continues on. It's Paul Levine, our founder, telling a little bit about the numerous family members and friends that he's lost, and then sharing from scripture how there can be true comfort in time of loss. This gospel tract, if you know someone struggling with the loss of a family member or friend, I'd encourage you, go to BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org and order some of these for free. Did I mention they are free? Sometimes I have to say that multiple times because people continue to ask, and I'm glad for it, but what's the catch? Are there any strings attached? Are they really free? The answer is yes. We don't get this. We don't even charge for the shipping of our gospel tracks. Anyone that wants to help us, wants to donate towards the ministry, we greatly appreciate it, but it is not required. We ship these gospel tracks all over the world. Actually, to date, we printed about six million of them this year, and the vast majority of those will have been sent out by the end of this year. I'd encourage you, though, if this gospel track can be a help to you, make a concerted effort. Take the time. Go to our website, BibleTracksInc.org, and order some for yourself today. Now, I told you I'm bringing good news from the road. You see, I am up here in north central Illinois, uh, near the Rockford area. I've had the opportunity to help with some fair outreach. And we may talk about that more later in the week after we get sunk into our Bible study. But I had the opportunity not that long ago to lead two young men to the Lord. What a blessing it was. Their names were Jair and Eric. They were about 20, 21 years old or so, and they came up to the booth. And we'll talk more about how it works uh, a little later on, because I'd encourage you to get involved. Just put another hook in the water. If your church doesn't do fair outreach, maybe this would be something you could consider doing in the future. I know we're getting past a lot of the fairs. It might be too late in the year to try to get involved in one before the end of this year, but maybe next year you could put some rubber on the road and uh, make an effort for that, uh, for the sake of the gospel. But they came up to the booth. We were talking to them, and they were so very open. Had the chance to explain to them from Scripture how they could know for sure where they were going. Well, Jair, he spoke a little bit more than Eric did. Jair was trusting in his works, and Eric agreed with him. He was trusting in his works as well. Had the chance to connect with them, talk with them, and explain from Scripture how works cannot and will not get you to heaven, but they will actually send you straight to a place called hell. Uh, just a few moments later, again, they were just soaking it up. And as they heard the scriptures, they became convinced that this is the truth. They were not, they were trusting in something they thought, not in the Bible. And not that long later, they bowed their heads and accepted Christ as their Savior. Can I tell you, the gospel still works. And I'm so very glad for it. Now, I'm going to need you to grab your Bibles. I did not intend for this week to again become all about 
prayer. We talked about prayer last week, but we're going to continue on because there are some thoughts from my prayer journal. There's nothing inspired here. There's nothing uh, incredibly, maybe even impactful, but there's nothing profound. It's just some simple things that have helped me with my prayer life. But I want to talk about basically the very first thing today, the very first thing I pray for when I start talking to God. Last week, we talked about the model prayer and how I kind of meditate on that as I begin my prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And we're going to refer back to that just a little bit. But today, we're going to talk about the very first thing that I think about, that I pray about when I am jumping into my prayer life. Now, let's turn into uh, Psalm 24, verse number three. Psalm 24, I'm going to find my place in my Bible there as well. I want you to see this directly from Scripture. Psalm 24. And verse number three, I don't have a table in front of me today, so I'm balancing everything on my knees. And uh, there's a table around the corner. I'm actually outside in a gazebo right now. You may hear the chirping of some birds and some insects playing some harmony to the radio broadcast today. But regardless, I'm thankful that you are tuned in. Have some grace for me as I fumble around and try not to drop anything on the ground, okay? Psalm 24 and verse number three, the Bible says this, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. The very first thing that I pray for as I dive into my prayer list, the very first thing on my prayer list after the model prayer is not some personal selfish desire. It's not my wife. It's not my children. It's not the ministry of Bible tracts. It's not the ministry of the Midwest Christian Boys football camp. All of those things mean a lot to me. I pray for the radio stations that carry this radio broadcast towards the end of my prayer time. Of course, I do pray for my family. I pray for my mom and dad. I pray for my in-laws. I pray for many different things, and the prayer list grows all the time. But the very first thing, to be frank, you could say by its place, by its position, one of the most important things that I pray for is purity. Read that verse again, Psalm 24, 3. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. Why do I pray for purity? Well, one of the reasons, and these are just some notes I've jotted down in my prayer list, things that I kind of ruminate on, things that I tumble over as I'm talking to God. I don't want to. I specifically desire not to bring shame to his name, to my name, or my family. Now, we talked about the model prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Do you realize when a Christian falls, that's a word that we use, it means sins or backslides or, or does wrong, it brings shame to the name of Christ. You say, how is that? Aren't we individuals? Isn't God more powerful? Than, oh, he is certainly powerful enough. But realize, if you bear the name Christian, little Christ is what that means. They were first called Christians at Antioch, probably in a term of, in a way of derision, saying, oh, those are Christ followers, but it has most certainly stuck. And that is what we are, what we should be. But if we bear his name wrongly, or we bear his name in such a way to bring shame to his name, 
then friend, our purity is lacking. I want to live in such a way that I never bring shame to his name. I want to live in such a way that I can look myself in the mirror. That gets to this next thought. Purity, this is something I jotted down not long ago. Purity is not having your sins be hidden. A lot of times we think of purity as the appearance of being pure. Purity is not your sins being hidden. It is declining to do that which needs to be hidden. You don't make a house pure by taking a broom and sweeping everything under the rug. The house is not pure. You've just relocated the mess. It's now under the rug. It's hidden from sight. Your friends and guests could come over and assume that the place is quote-unquote pure, but of course, we all know that it's not true. Continuing on, this, this is a thought I may not be able to unpack in the next three minutes, but I feel personally that I must pray for purity as desperately as I pray in repentance after doing wrong. I must seek holiness with the same fervor that I desire forgiveness. Now, we'll continue this tomorrow. Maybe this is where we'll pick it up. I, I, I truly, we have a Bible study in the book of Mark that I've been trying to get through, and I realize I've taken numerous detours. I need to get back to that. I did not mean to have a mini-series on prayer, on my personal prayer life. This is a, a very transparent thing. It's a very intimate thing to me, honestly. But my hope is that it's, it's, that it's a help to you. The Bible tells us, we'll share some more verses on purity tomorrow, but the Bible tells us that we can't get to God. What I mean is, in our prayer life, who shall ascend into his holy hill? Who shall enter, think of it this way, into his throne room of grace? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. So I ask you today this. Do you come to God with dirty hands? With a defiled heart? I would pray and would hope that that is not the case. In just a few moments, we're going to conclude our thought today. But I want to lead into tomorrow. I'll say it again. I feel that I must pray for purity as desperately as I pray in repentance. I must seek holiness with the same fervor that I desire forgiveness. Do you know what it's like when the Holy Spirit is crushing your heart with conviction because of wrongdoing? And the way we pray in those moments, so desperately seeking God's face. Friend, I wonder if we would seek his face and seek his holiness with that same intensity all the time. I wonder if we'd have far or less relapses. I'm not saying we can never get to sinless perfection. The Bible tells us we cannot. But I will say this, friend. I desire to live as close as humanly possible to it, though I'll never get there into heaven. Thank you so much for listening in today. My prayer, as always, is that you have a great day for his glory. I will plan on talking to you tomorrow, but I'm going to ask you to ponder that thought. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitful. I've got three or four more verses on purity that we'll share tomorrow as we continue this thought.
Thank you so very much for listening. We'll plan on talking to you tomorrow. God bless.